الحمد لله وكفى والصلاة والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وعاشروهن بالمعروف فإن كرهتموهن فعسى أن تكرهوا شيئا ويجعل الله فيه خيرا كثيرا وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم استوصوا بالنساء خيرا أو كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم Most respected Allah, my kiram, brothers and elders, brothers and sisters. The last two programs that we had here, we discussed many things about nikah, about the responsibilities and duties of both spouses. As mentioned on both occasions, that these programs are generally being addressed separately in many venues. Here we are trying to consolidate everything at the same time. So certain things obviously are things that pertain to the husband, some things pertain to the wife in particular, some things are general. So we are dealing with mainly the general things but certain things which apply to either party. The object is nevertheless that how we can try and bring these things in our life so that this institution of nikah which Allah wa ta'ala has blessed us with this becomes an aspect of sukoon something of happiness of peace of serenity and perhaps we mentioned this on the first program that we had that many a times these things are not regarded as something directly linked to Islam for example Kiya Islam that this has got something to do with Islam and unfortunately, many a times, we departmentalize these things. That our ibadat, our tilawat, our zikr, besides our salah, obviously the compulsory things are there in this place. The other nawafil and tasbihat, and all these things are linked to Islam. Then in terms of our domestic life, our business, or for example how we conduct ourselves on a holiday, all this got nothing to do with Islam. This is something which is, by the way, our own private issue. So this is the departmentalization we do. Whereas when we talk about Islam, Islam is every aspect of our life. From cradle to the grave. Obviously cradle meaning, when a person becomes mukallaf, from the time that he is now responsible in deen, from that age up to the time he leaves the world, every aspect of his life is part of what this Islam is all about. This is something that is coming back to mind now. It's not something I had planned to say, but nevertheless this is coming. So, just to highlight this a bit, that what is meant by this, if you look into the lives of our Kabir, that what they understood by this Islam, and how they lived it. For example, in the case of the aspect of business, for example. So certain things are just taken for granted that this, what, what difference it makes? What does it matter? Just to understand this by means of an example, once Hazrat Mahusain Ahmad Madni he was in Delhi where the offices of the Jamiyat of India was based. So he had come from Deoban and uh, it was now, so he was, since he was there, it was obviously like an occasion already. Many people had arrived. So it was time for Salah. So he had gone in to make his wuzu. So when he came out, he found that there was new, this chatai straw mats, this new straw mats laid out. So he thought that it was the person who was the coordinator, the secretary, etc. He had made this intizam. He said, Mashallah, you really made very excellent intizam today. You got all those new mats. You took all the ones that were torn and tattered and all. So somebody said, no, no, he didn't do this. He said, who made this? He said, no, that your khadim, 
who sells these straw mats, he opened this out, who is based here in Delhi, outside Masjid. So, he mats these are. As soon as the person said that this is his mats, so he stepped off it. So, standing on that mat already, on the straw mat, he stepped off that mat. And he said, please roll this up. People were a bit surprised, rolled it up. Why? He opened it out for us to perform salah on it. So he said, he sells these mats. When he's going to sell it again, he's going to sell it as used or as new. Because we used it now. He'll ro roll it up again, put it back into its packaging. But will he inform the customer that this is used, this is not brand new? Because it will appear to be new. In the packaging, it will appear that this is brand new. The customer is going to buy it on that note that this is, I'm buying something new. But he's already used. We made namaz on it one time, so it's no more brand new. It's not, not new. So there's an element of deception. Would he tell the customer about this? In other words, he understood that this person is either out of ignorance or due to lack of care. He's going to just sell it. He's not going to tell anybody anything. Now imagine on that spur of the moment, without even having to think about it. On the spur of the moment, this was that islah. That that heart, the needle was so sensitive. The slightest deviation from the completely straight path, it would immediately detect. The alarm bells would come ringing. So, now this is something sometimes we just take for granted. What is, I mean, person wants to buy it, we're telling him this is 100 rands, buy it. But is there any element of deception in it or not? So this is how careful the Ahlullah were. Those who understood what Islam is all about. What Tasawwuf is all about. That fine line. And unfortunately we departmentalize it. This is something, my own, my own business as we say. Whereas our business is Allah Ta'ala's business. Allah Ta'ala has given us commands of how to run that business. It's not my business. Sometimes you say, mind your own business. No, it's not even mine or your business. Allah has told us how to mind it. So we can't go about it how we want to. So this is every aspect. So like that, this is the aspect of a business. Like that, our domestic life, our married life, how we conduct ourselves as parents, how we live in, as part of an extended family. All these things are part of deen. And we have been given extensive guidelines. And this discussion in terms of nikah and married life, etc. This is something that cannot be emphasized enough. Meaning the lessons that are contained herein cannot be emphasized enough. Because if this doesn't go right, it affects every aspect of a person's life to the extent of his ibadat. To the extent of his taluk with Allah Ta'ala. And this is why in the Hadith Sharif it comes that shaitan every day he sets up his throne on the ocean. And then all his chelas come, all the smaller shaitans, they all come to give a report back of the day, what they did. So one shaitan says, I made this person, he was going for the salah to the masjid, I got him involved in something, he got busy and he forgot about his namaz also. He says, well, okay, nothing too great to talk about, but fine. Another person says, I did this, I did that. Everybody comes and gives their stories. He says, well, fine, nothing, no great achievement. Until one fellow comes and he says, I created discord between husband and wife. And then I escalated it and I made it grow to the point where it became so serious that finally I broke that nikah. So Iblis stands up, and he calls that fellow forward and he embraces him and he says, you did something. So when Iblis is so thrilled over this, we can understand how severe this is. Because this is his handiwork. So this is the thing that, this is part of Islam. Unfortunately, when we don't understand that this is also part of Islam, then we don't take the steps to do what is supposed to be done. And as a result, we then encounter all these unnecessary issues, which could have been very easily resolved. Sometimes things become very complicated, there is a situation where sometimes there might be a state of gangrene on the foot, then the best thing there is to amputate. 
and all the doctors and surgeons will then concur that look here this has reached a point of amputation so sometimes it becomes a point of amputation therefore shariat has maintained something called talaq as well shariat has maintained this what is called talaq is extensive guidelines regarding that there's laws in the quran sharif pertaining to talaq but the talaq is at the point of amputation when amputation is the only resor- resolve uh, the the only thing to resort to it is the last resort then that sometimes becomes the most reasonable thing to do the correct thing to do but at that point of amputation a person has some little boil on his hand then for the little boil he doesn't amputate it there's some pain in his hand he doesn't amputate it there's a some disease on his hand he doesn't amputate it but sometimes it comes to the last degree now where it's now going to then poison the entire body that becomes a point of amputation so in any case this is the aspect that we need to keep in mind so therefore in the past two weeks we have been discussing this and uh, past two sessions that we had here so today we continue with some other points this little pamphlet that we have in front of us is something which are guidelines for husbands but we will try and generalize some of the lessons that are here this is there's various subtitles here one of the subtitles here is the aspect of character in terms of character we have discussed this topic on many many occasions and again this too is something that cannot be overemphasized because this is a core issue and this is what makes everything happen when this akhlaq as we discussed the example on several occasions everything has something to join material the thread to join it bricks the cement to join it paper there's glue to join it a marriage cannot work if the hearts are not joined and the hearts can be joined only with one thing with akhlaq if akhlaq is missing then that ingredient that glue that material which joins heart is missing then there can be people living in a house but there'll be no home people can then coexist in a house but it won't be possible to call it a home a home where is there is mohabbat there's love there's that sukoon there's a tranquility there's peace the hearts are united and this is that sukoon that the quran sharif speaks about litaskunu ilaiha they might be poverty and yet sukoon because the hearts are together and they might be the every bit of wealth that can be wished for and they can be total lack of sukoon because the hearts are disunited so this is the thing that to be acquired and the aspect of akhlaq this is what unites hearts and akhlaq requires a sacrifice of emotions this is more than anything else in akhlaq it doesn't require so much of sacrifice of other things little bit of other things more than anything it requires is sacrifice of emotions to understand this the hadith sharif of nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam which we discussed silman qata'ak wa'fu amman zalamak wa ahsin ila man asaa ilayk which is the crux of akhlaq in another hadith nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam elaborates on it in a different way tasilu man qata'ak wa tu'ti man haramak وَتَعْفُ عَمَّنْ ظَلَمَكَ The joint ties with the one who cuts off ties from you. Now this is the akhlaq being taught. To join ties with somebody who cuts off ties. What does that mean? Simply that he is being nasty to you, you still make salam to him. He doesn't want to see you, you still go and meet him. And that doesn't cost any money. If he is, for example, already in the same place, to go up and meet the person doesn't cost any money. He is not going to cost any extra petrol also. even if the price of petrol goes up to double the price to it don't cost any extra cent don't cost any effort to take few more steps no effort involved in that it's not going to be any difficult task that you're going to have to climb a mountain or something the person is sitting few meters away but at that time there's still like a major barrier inside of this person after what he told me after how he dealt with me after what what he did Now I must go and meet him. But now we saw him saying, "Tasilu man qataak." Now what is the what is the sacrifice here? Sacrifice of what? Of emotion to put a knife on that emotion. And this is why in the Hadith Sharif, when the Bismillah says, 
Many of these things on the surface, it seems that there doesn't seem to be a real link between these two things. Like for example, this Hadith Sharif. The one who initiates salam will become free of pride. What does it take to make salam? And we have understood what is pride all about. That person won't enter Jannat who has one iota's pride in his heart, one extentor of mustard seed. So such a major thing and the person who makes salam, he'll become free of this. So what's involved in this? Nothing. So outwardly it seems like this doesn't really tie up. But there's a problem with somebody. There's a major issue now. That person told us a whole lot of things. We have stopped talking to him. Haven't phoned him, whatever now. And now suddenly, nothing has been settled yet. And we suddenly see him coming. There's a passage now. We can't suddenly go a different direction. We're going in one end of the passage. He's coming from the opposite end. Wherever suddenly by chance now, we are passing, we're going to pass one another. And now make salam. As normally the story is that at that time, now he's approaching and we're going. At that time, we'll just scratch our head and remember we have forgot something. So to take a U-turn and quickly go and fetch it. Fetch what we still don't know. But just so that we can avoid passing him and not be the one that it becomes obvious that I didn't make salam. But we don't want to make that salam. And in that condition now to initiate that salam, to be the first one. Then see what it does to the heart. And then understand the meaning of this Hadith Sharif al-Badi ubis salam bari ummin al-kibr. So many of these things on the surface seem very, very simple. Doesn't seem like anything too great. We understand, mashallah, it's a teaching of deen, alhamdulillah. But that it has such a major effect that doesn't seem to be in our minds. But if we hold on to it in every facet, in every occasion, every situation, then we will see what it is all about. And sometimes these situations will come about. The person we are not too happy to be even talking to. And now we have to make salam to him. We initiate that salam. So likewise, all these other aspects that are spoken about, outwardly it seems like, fine, it's there, it's good. But it is something of tremendous effect. It has great depth in it. That escapes us. That we don't seem to realize. So this aspect of akhlaq we were talking about, this is the akhlaq that Nabi Salaam taught, which is the bond. The bond is the bond of akhlaq. All the other things are by the way. The superficial things, and all the material things, all have their place a little bit, whatever, within reasonable means. But that doesn't do anything. That will only supplement the akhlaq. Akhlaq is the real thing. If the akhlaq is there, then all the other things will add to it. The akhlaq is missing, that will become a source of further misery. So in any case, this is the one aspect that Nabi Wasallam has given us. Some points that are mentioned here regarding this akhlaq, that learn to forgive and tolerate. Here it is specifically addressing the husband, but this applies both to both parties equally. Learn to forgive and tolerate the displeasing aspects committed by one another. And remember the adage, to err is human, to forgive is divine. This is something Allah Ta'ala loves doing. Allahumma innaka afoon kareemun tuhibbul afwa. Fa'fu anni. This is a dua to be made excessively in the Mubarak days that are coming. Allah Ta'ala keep us with sihat and afiyat and enable us to reach the Mubarak month of Ramadan. So in that time, this is something, the 15th of Shaban, the dua that Nabi Sallallahu made specifically on that occasion. Allahumma innaka afoon tuhibbul afwa. Ya Allah, you are most forgiving, you love forgiving. Fa'afu anni. And in one hadith, Nabi Sallallahu says, takhallaku bi akhlaqillah. That adopt the characteristics of Allah Ta'ala. What can we, Allah Ta'ala is khaliq. We are makhluk. But meaning what Allah Ta'ala loves doing, you start doing. Allah Ta'ala loves forgiving. You start forgiving. Allah Ta'ala will love you. Not that Allah Ta'ala is in need of us. 
but we will get the love of Allah Ta'ala. So this forgiveness is a very, very great thing. There is one incident about one Buzrug who lived in Dioban. He passed away. When he passed away, somebody saw him in a dream. They asked him, how did things go with you? So these dreams sometimes are true. They have a lesson in it. You can't make any shari'i decision based on a dream or bring any masla based on a dream. But nevertheless, you can take a lesson from it. Person asked him, how did things go? What happened? He said, Allah Ta'ala forgave me. He said, what happened? What was the basis on which you got forgiven? He says, one day I came home. I was very hungry. And the food was then presented to me. But when I started eating it, I realized that the salt was overloaded in it. Now when a person is hungry, normally they say a hungry man is an angry man. So, while the wives should keep this in mind, for the husbands, the rule is a hungry man is a patient man. Otherwise he'll become a patient. So, in any case now he was hungry, this food was presented to him. Now at that time, what what emotions can go? A person whole day was tired, came home. He says that whatever came to my mind at that time, I said, nevertheless, she is also a servant of Allah. She made a mistake. I forgive her. And I didn't even make it known that what the situation was. I quietly ate the food up. Now That would have been, what a mujahada. Number one, to say nothing about it, to forgive it, to forgive it is one thing, and then not even to make it known that anything is out of place. Again, this is something on the side, we're talking about this akhlaq, so this, and again, all this is part of that same islah. One buzruk one day, somebody invited him. So when they invited him, they, he came, so the meal was presented, so he started eating. Now, as soon as he started eating, he started eating quickly. So the host also didn't start partaking of the food. And whatever was already presented there, he ate that up. And he said, is there more of this? He said, yes, there's more. He said, bring the whole pot and come. So they brought the pot. It was a small little pot. So he ate everything up. And he cleaned the pot out. Now this is a very strange situation. Person, number one, starts eating quickly. Then he wants the pot, and then he shines the pot up also. So, any case, and then he expressed his gratitude, thanks. Everybody found it strange, but nevertheless, nobody had the himmat to ask anything or say anything. Out of respect, they didn't say anything. Any case, he left. The one khadim that was with also went along. Now, it's bubbling in him that there's some, some secret behind this. This is something very, very strange. Didn't allow anybody to eat. He ate everything himself and he asked for what's left over, brought it and ate it up also. So after persisting for a long time, eventually he said that that food was bitter. That food was bitter. The salt got put over limit, whatever the case is. And if I had to make it known that something is, now that was poor people, they invited me. That was all they had prepared. And they would have been tormented by this thought that they presented something to me and I couldn't eat it and it was something that was now wasted or whatever the case is but the point is that they invited me and they couldn't serve me anymore and besides the difficulty it would bring on that poor woman husband what he would how he would react and the husband himself would be now so disappointed so number one I ate what was there but they would discover later on though I would now pretend that I'm enjoying it they would discover later on because they would eat out of that food. And they would realize that I just pretended to enjoy it, but nobody can enjoy it like this. I didn't even want to let them discover it later. So I decided, let me, whatever it seems now, it seems that I've become very greedy or something. Even that izzat also qurban. Even that, what people would think of me, this is the heart of the Ahlullah. That somebody would think whatever they think, let them think. But I got to do what I have to do now in order to protect these people's feelings. Doesn't matter, my izzat also is kurban in that. So I asked for that pot and I cleaned that pot out also so they don't discover later also what happened. 
and they feel very very elated that alhamdulillah he enjoyed it so much that he asked for what was left over and he ate everything up now this is the application of akhlaq that to take the difficulty on oneself in order to keep the feelings of the other in order to maintain what is the feelings of the next person's heart and keep the next person happy so the theory is very very clear very simple but the application of that theory this is what we learn from the lives of the, our akabir and from the ahlullah that how they understood what is the application of this that akhlaq we talk about akhlaq we can write a book of, on akhlaq we can give a discourse on, on akhlaq all this is very simple but the application of that akhlaq and that comes on the situation when something is on the a person is on the spot now comes the test of akhlaq beforehand a person can prepare all the titles of humility for himself but when the test of akhlaq comes now the reality shows itself so in any case this aspect of akhlaq the point that we are talking about here was forgiveness and in the same light number 2 learn to admit your mistakes as this is a sign of humility do not attempt to justify your mistakes with lame excuses insan is insan nobody is perfect we are not perfect others are not perfect others make mistakes we also make mistakes so mistakes we make we must learn to forgive others mistakes and learn to admit our mistakes nobody expects us to be perfect also we all know we are also human but what becomes a problem is where a person refuses to accept a mistake that escalates a problem whereas many a times and sometimes if it's not a mistake of a person also many a times just in that moment the person says sorry my mistake how many major issues become nothing it just takes the wind out of it and this is something that in many many situations has been experienced first hand where somebody one party just said okay my mistake whereas it was clear it wasn't even that person's mistake it wasn't even his mistake and other one other person had come really for a fight he had come all prepared what not and here this person said look i made a, it wasn't even his mistake he said look i made a mistake please my fault please forgive me and the whole thing just went flat right there what what's left now what are you going to argue about all you can argue about is why you made the mistake he says okay my fault i made the mistake so what's what's the remedy now let's go forward so the fight is over but the remedy is now can be then discussed so the this is a very great thing to learn to accept one's mistake is that hadith where hazrat abu bakr radhiyallahu ta'ala an he sitting with umar radhiyallahu ta'ala an and in that process they also sometimes on rare occasions these things happen that allah taala made it happen so that we could learn a lesson from it abu kanlan said something to umar radhiyallahu anhu he got upset what has abu kan said was something maybe beyond what he should have said umar got upset he was insan after all so this can happen we are being taught that don't expect that these emotions won't exist we are human beings his emotions will be there but how to handle it his emotions shariat deen islam is a natural deen it has taken care of all the feelings of this human being also and therefore it is haram to cut off ties from some person and to talk to him but even in this there has been a 3 day window period now such a major thing but a person has been given a 3 day window period that this this is now the maximum the limit now can't go beyond this person for 3 days now didn't cool off in one hour half a day one day two days but 3 days is no excuse now but that window period has been given for what to take care of this feelings of this insan sometimes it can become a major issue fine he got 3 days the small trivial things maybe 3 minutes is enough but the point is that all the feelings have been taken care of and we are being told that these emotions are human but the issue is how to handle them so abu kanlan said something by chance by mistake that rare occasion that rare situation 
And Hazrat Umar got upset. But now he knew the rank of Abu Bakr So he didn't say anything. But he woke up. And he started walking. At that moment, Hazrat Abu Bakr realized it was my mistake. What I said wasn't supposed to have been said. Now this is the lesson. As soon as he realized he is the senior, he is the person who has the higher rank and position. And everybody understands that position. Hazrat Ali radiallahu says that in the lifetime of Rasulullah we never equated anybody in rank with Abu Bakr radiallahu and thereafter with Umar radiallahu in the lifetime of Nabi sallallahu La na'adilu ahadan. In any in the life of Nabi Islam, nobody else enjoyed the rank that first is Abu Bakr and then after Umar Umar. In any case, he understood the rank also. So, but he was now upset, so he walked away. At that time, Abu Bakr realized that this wasn't what I should have said. He immediately wakes up and he goes to ask Hazrat Umar for forgiveness. Please forgive me. Now, Hazrat Umar at that time was but overwhelmed with that emotion. So he said nothing. He didn't respond to this request for forgiveness immediately. But he went away to his home and he locked the door. Now when the door is locked, now what do you do? So Bakr al takes a U-turn and he comes now to the majlis of Rasulullah But Hazrat Umar now, as soon as he went away into his house, a few moments later, he realized what I did now was wrong. So what I did was wrong, I go to sort this out. He asked me for forgiveness. So he comes out of his house and he goes to look for Abu Bakr to his house. He knocks on the door, where is Abu Bakr? He's not here. Well, if he's not here, then he can only be one other place. He also comes to the majlis of Rasulullah In the meantime, Abu Bakr has already arrived. And Nabi Salaam sees him coming from the distance and he already sees his face and says to the others who are sitting there, your companion is coming, he's had some problem with somebody. You can see it on his face. There's been some problem somewhere. Abu Bakr comes and he gives the whole incident. This is what happened. I said something. My fault. But then I asked him for forgiveness. He just went away to his house. What do I do? So Nabi Wasallam said to him, Allah Ta'ala forgive you. Don't worry. Now in the meantime, Umar al starts arriving. The whole incident is already in front of Nabi Sallallahu And as Hazrat Umar is arriving, Nabi Sallallahu face is changing color. And Abu Bakr is observing this. And he becomes afraid that now Umar is going to be taken to task. But look at this. Emotions, they were human beings like us. In the terms, in sense of that they also felt emotions that we feel. They also felt pain. They felt hunger, they felt thirst, they felt happy, they felt grieved. They were hurt if somebody said something or did something, they felt it. But the cleanliness of the heart didn't allow the wrong to persist. Some, some mistake happened, the cleanliness of the heart wouldn't allow that to persist. So now, because there was no recourse immediately, as Umar had closed the door, as Abu came away to Nabi Wasallam, said, you know, please... Secure this forgiveness on my behalf. Hazrat Umar realized his mistake. He went looking for Abu Bakr. He came now for the same purpose. I came to sort my mistake out. But in any case, Nabi Wasallam is becoming, his face is changing color. Abu Bakr sees this and he is afraid now that Umar is going to be reprimanded. He might be punished. He stands up on his knees. Can you imagine? Person who has this rank in front of all the Sahaba. He is now expressing as much humility as he can to try and attract this attention of Nabi Wasallam to be favorable to Umar He stands up on his knees and he says, Ana kuntu azlam ya Rasulallah. Ana kuntu azlam ya Rasulallah. Oh Nabi of Allah, this was my mistake. I, I was the one that did the wrong. In other words, please don't tell him anything. My fault. Now imagine the extent of this lesson. Acknowledging one's mistake. It's not my fault. It's not his. Nabi Wasallam didn't say Umar, anything to Hazrat Umar. But he then addressed the Sahaba in general. And he said to them, when I brought the message of Allah, wa ta'ala, initially everybody said, Kazabta. No, you are lying. Abu Bakr immediately on the first occasion said, Sadaqta. He said, what you are saying is true. And he accepted 
and everybody else hesitated. He responded immediately. And then Nabi Islam said, Would you leave my companion alone for me? Would you stop giving him any trouble and taklif? So the narrator says, as Abu Huraira narrating, he says, from that day onwards, nobody ever gave him any kind of taklif. But the lesson here, that despite the rank of the people, both involved, both slipped up somewhere, but immediately upon realization, I've made a mistake, I've heard somewhere, both are immediately ready to remedy the wrong, to seek forgiveness for that mistake, to acknowledge the mistake. This is a very big thing. This is something that cannot be understood, the depth of it, except in a situation where a person has truly accepted that mistake and experienced it for himself. That what does, what, what depth there is in this? And how it just takes the wind out of the whole issue? So this is a great lesson that we have to keep in mind. And this is part of that akhlaq and character in any case. The last point in that regard is number three, exercise patience. Never make hasty decisions which you will regret later. Nabi Sallallahu in one hadith says, وَلَا تَكَلَّمْ بِكَلَامٍ don't say something which tomorrow you'll have to go and apologize for. You'll have to go and make excuses for. That no, I didn't mean this. This is what I meant. A person has said a clear-cut thing. So I say, no, I meant something else. Not that what he meant was in his mind. What he said, the meaning of that, what everybody understands is of something else. Now he's putting that, forcing some other meaning into it. Nobody's going to accept that. And if he really meant something too, that's going to be difficult to accept it too. And if supposing what he said was something that perhaps could have had several meanings too, but now he said it in such a way that the wrong meaning was conveyed, so now he's still going to have to go apologize for it. He's still going to have to make some excuse for it. Why even bring it to that situation? person thinks first, and then he says, in this way he will save himself from many of these situations. Nevertheless, insan is insan. We are weak, we are human, we may err. So, the lesson there is, that while we can err, but then we acknowledge the mistake. We accept my fault. And when a person learns to do this, this is more than half the battle won. It's more than half the problem solved. Allah Ta'ala give me and all of us a tawfiq of bringing these lessons in our life. وَآخِرُ
ہو جائے میرا دل میدانے ہو تو ہی تو ہو تو ہی تو ہو تو ہی تو غیر سے بالکل ہی اٹھ جائے نظر تو ہی تو آئے نظر دیکھو جدر اور میرے تن میں بجائے آب و گل درد دل ہو درد دل ہو درد دل نفس و شیطان دونوں نے مل کر ہائی کیا ہے مجھ کو تباہ اے میرے مولا میری مدد کر چاہتا ہوں میں تیری پناہ مجھ سا خلق میں کوئی نہیں گو بد کردار ناماسیاں تو بھی مگر غفار ہے یا رب بخش دے میرے سارے گناہ اب تو رہے بس تادم آخر ورد زبائے میرے الہ لا الہ الا اللہ 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 اللہ
ذنوبنا <تصفيق> ربنا وآتنا ما وعدتنا على رسولك ولا تخزنا يوم القيامة إنك لا تخلف الميعاد اللهم إنا نسلك العفو والعافية والمعافاة الدائمة في الدين والدنيا والآخرة والفوز بالجنة والنجاة من النار والفوز بالجنة والنجاة من النار والفوز بالجنة والنجاة من النار اللهم زينا بزينة الإيمان وجعلنا هداة مهتدين غير ضالين ولا مضلين إله العالمين يا الله وموس مصف الله موس gracious الله موس kind الله موس loving الله إله العالمين يا الله يا الله forgive all our major and minor sins يا الله إله العالمين يا الله we are those sinful servants يا الله return all your favors with sin يا الله إله العالمين all your bounties we have eaten يا الله all your bounties we have used يا الله إله العالمين every moment we are showered with your نعمة يا الله 
But we are so ungrateful, Ya Allah, that all these ni'mats we have used and then we have used the strength against your commands, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, we have used your ni'mats to break your commands, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, forgive this great injustice of ours, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, make us your sincere and true servants, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, make us your grateful servants, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, make us the true adherents of the sunnah of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ilahul Alameen, make us those ummatis who Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, will be happy to see on the day of Qiyamah, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, save us from that situation that Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam sees us and says, get away from here, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, who can save us then on that day, Ya Allah? Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, you make us those kind of ummatis that Nabi Sallallahu heart is cooled with our actions, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, save us from becoming the source of taklif for the Mubarak heart of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, grant us the tawfiq of Ya Allah, fulfilling all your commands, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, enable us to perform our five times salah with jama'ah, Ya Allah, with khushu and khuzu. Ilahul Alameen, with all the adabs and etiquette, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, enable us, Ya Allah, to fulfill all the commands of deen, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, enable us to recite the Qur'an Sharif daily, Ya Allah. Enable us to make your zikr daily, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, enable us to adopt good akhlaq every moment, Ya Allah. Grant us the akhlaq of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ilahul Alameen, save us from bad character, Ya Allah. Save us from evil akhlaq, Ya Allah. Remove all the evil qualities from us, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, save us from all the fitna and fasad, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, you keep us steadfast on sirat mustaqim Ya Allah. Ya Allah, keep the entire ummah steadfast on sirat mustaqim Ya Allah. Ya Allah, Ya Allah, forgive us, Ya Allah. Forgive our families, Ya Allah. Forgive our relatives, Ya Allah. Forgive our friends, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, forgive the entire ummah of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ilahul Alameen, guide the ummah, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, guide the ummah, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, guide the ummah, Ya Allah. Remove the suffering from the ummah, Ya Allah. Remove the oppression from the ummah, Ya Allah. Remove the poverty from the ummah, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, fulfill each one's needs, Ya Allah. Remove each one's difficulties, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, grant each one complete hidayat, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, keep us on the sirat mustaqim Ya Allah. Save us from all the fitna and fasad, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, only with your protection can we be saved, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, save us, Ya Allah. Save our families and children, Ya Allah. Save our relatives and friends, Ya Allah. Save the entire ummah of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ilahul Alameen, all those who have passed away, fill their qabars with nur, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, make their complete maghfirat, Ya Allah. Give them a high stages in the akhirat, Ya Allah. At the time of our death, also take us with the kalima, La ilaha illallah, Muhammadur Rasulullah. Ilahul Alameen, take us on Tawbat and Nasuh, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, take us with iman kamil Ya Allah. Take us to the time that you are pleased with us and we are pleased with you, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, make our qabars gardens of Jannah for us, Ya Allah. Grant us the shafat of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ya Allah, give us Jannatul Firdaus without any hisab kitab, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, grant us the best of this dunya and the best of the akhirat, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, save us from all the evils, Ya Allah. Save us from all the calamities, Ya Allah. Save us from all the hardships, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, save us from being tested, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, we are too weak to to be tested, Ya Allah. We are not capable of any test, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, grant us complete afiyat, Ya Allah. Grant us afiyat, Ya Allah. Grant us afiyat in our deen, Ya Allah. Grant us afiyat in dunya, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, all the good that Rasulullah asked for. Ilahul Alameen, we are also begging for all the good, Ya Allah. Whatever Nabi Islam sought refuge from, Ilahul Alameen, give us protection as well, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, all those are sick, give them complete shifa and afiyat, Ya Allah. Give them shifa kamila, ajila, mustamirra, daima, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, whatever hardships and difficulties anybody is in, Ya Allah, remove their hardships and difficulties, Ya Allah. Rabbana taqabbal minna, innaka anta samiul alim. Wa tub alayna, ya maulana, innaka anta tawabur rahim. Wa sallallahu ta'ala ala khayri khalqihi, Sayyidina Muhammad. محمد وآله وصحابه اجمعين والحمد لله رب العالمين